Hi, I'm Brandon. And I'm Megan. For years, we were stuck in a rut, always complaining that nothing ever changed for us. And then we realized, if we wanted to improve our lives, we had to put in the work. Each week on this podcast, we'll get into an aspect of personal growth, relationships, or just life. Through our own experiences and guest interviews, we hope to inspire you to make your own positive changes. Welcome Welcome to to the the Fools in Love Podcast. Podcast. In today's episode, we're giving you the crash course in personal growth and self-help. We also happen to be poking a little fun at ourselves and the space we're in. So hang with us because we're about to save you hours of time and tons of money by giving you everything you need to know about, well, basically every self-help and personal growth book ever written and talk ever given in one 30-minute podcast episode. Yeah, that's right. Tune in, folks, because we are giving you all of it. Yeah, I've been on a crash course myself this year. I've been on a mission at the start of this year to read 100 books. And at this point, I'm about 80 books in. And what I've found is they all follow the same themes. They all are saying the same things in different ways. And so we're hoping to save you a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of eye power. And we're going to give it all to you in your ears today. Amen. All right. Let's dive in to the 10 commandments of personal growth. Oh, yes. Number one, thou shall not sleep in. Oh, buddy. Okay. So if you follow anyone on social media who's into self-help, personal growth in this space at all, literally every single person sings the praises of waking up at least one hour early. And if they're super special, they even wake up two hours early. I guess I'm super special because I wake up multiple hours early. Yeah, you do. So I actually followed the advice of people that did this, and I actually do wake up at 4 a.m. every day. Yes, every day. That includes the weekend. But it helps you to do exactly what everyone tells you to do. It helps you to establish that morning routine, to take yourself out of that excuse of not having the time. Because guess what? If you wake up an hour earlier, you're going to have an hour of additional time. And if you're anything like us with small kids, it's going to be an hour of time uninterrupted, which is so valuable that, that I can't even I can't even speak its praises enough. Exactly. And one of the things about sleep, not sleeping in and that hour early wake up call is that everyone also really wants you, and this is still under the same caveat, the same category, but everyone really wants you to establish a morning routine. And that morning routine is the same every day. It usually includes some sort of water drinking or fitness aspect or something to get your mind going. And it always includes gratitude. Yes, it does. Yes. You got to get up, talk about in your mind what your daily intentions are, talk about the things that you're most grateful for, and then you set yourself up to just attack the rest of the day. And we're making fun of it, but it does work. It totally does work. But if you find anyone out there in the space, they will tell you the same thing. If you want to find the time, if you don't have the time, you shall not sleep in. And if you don't sleep in and you wake up that hour earlier, Time is literally priceless. I, I would challenge you if you question it at all, give it a try, even for a week, and you will see the difference that you have. And let's not forget that while you're not sleeping in, you also need to be setting your daily intentions as part of that wake up. Oh, yes. We won't forget that ever. 
All right, let's move on to number two. Thou shall drink water. Oh, heck yes. Every single person I follow on social media that is either a fitness guru of some sort or some sort of personal help, personal growth, whatever they are, always talks about drinking like half their body weight in water every day. <laughs> Sorry, oh, excuse me. I was actually drinking some water just then. So, you know, I got to gotta get it taken in. But we all know it, it, it's common sense, but our body is made up of water. So if you're not consuming the water, you're not really giving yourself anything worthwhile. Like we used to do and sometimes are still guilty of, I would drink about three Cokes a day. I mean, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, I would drink a Coke. And when you replace that with water, not only do you start to feel better because that caffeine is weighing you down, but you also are not taking in all those additional calories and sugars, which has really helped me in the belt line. <laughs> yes, it has. <laughs> and, you know, just I just realized that I said drinking half your body weight. It's actually half your body weight in ounces per day is what they want you to do. So you don't have to drink like, you know, all the weight, but you should definitely drink it. Which leads us into number three. Thou shall move thy body. Oh, exercise. Yes. If, if you've followed me and Meg for a minute or two, you'll know that we are pretty serious about our exercise. But it didn't always used to be that way. It wasn't until we decided to start being more serious about our fitness that it kind of opened our eyes to a lot of other things in the area of personal growth. And so the idea behind this one really is not only to feel mentally better and just be moving your actual physical body, but also because another really important part of this is that you are teaching yourself that you are capable of more than you ever believed through fitness. So while it doesn't always have to translate to fitness because it might not be that you're going to go run a marathon, but it will show you by the way you're moving your body and, for and focusing that energy on that, that you are capable of more than you ever dreamed. Yeah, that's so true. And I actually, this last November, I showed my body exactly that. I sat on the couch for years and years and years. I mean, from like 2008 on, I did no fitness activity. And that was all because I believed that I couldn't do it. I had knee surgery and I just believed that my body was not capable of doing these things. I talked myself out of it. And it wasn't really until Meg decided to start on her fitness journey and start running and start putting herself out there every day where I started to take notice and I decided to challenge myself. And then within six weeks time, I ran a half marathon and I've continued with that running trend ever since. And so like Meg said, you're not only being healthy, being fit, that's great. Those are all great things, but you're also showing yourself that you can do it and really showing the world that you can do it. And it makes you feel so much better. I mean, beforehand, you feel, trust me, you do not feel motivated. You do not feel ready to do it. But after the fact, no one can take it away from you. Right. I mean, we both felt like after we ran that half marathon, well, if we can run a half marathon, then we can do whatever project. It doesn't even have to be fitness. We believed that we could do anything because we had just put our bodies through torture, survived it, and felt stronger and better than ever on the other end of that. So we will move on to commandment number four. Thou shall not fear failure. This is such a tough one to learn, and we are still learning it every single day. But if you follow anybody on social media, they've failed a lot. And you know what? 
failure from all these bigwigs on personal growth have, their failures taught them how to do it the right way and push them towards success. Yeah, that's right. I mean, just think about it for a second. If every single thing you tried, every single thing went exactly as you planned and it all worked out exactly for you, what would you really have learned? Would you have learned anything from that? Well, okay, I'm going to try something and it worked out great, but then you never actually can grow. And so we always challenge you and we challenge ourselves every day. Like Meg said, we often fail, but to lean into that failure and to not fear failure, but see it as just an education and growth opportunity, because until you're willing to put yourself out there, you're just going to be sitting there day after day, not doing anything. And I think that's the way a lot of us live our lives. And that's why a lot of the personal growth gurus focus on this because nobody wants to fail. Our daughter's in kindergarten and she kicks herself every day for failing at writing a a printed letter because her school does it weird and has little swoops on it. But she has to write a letter and she kicks herself for that. So it's something that you don't even have to be taught. You you learn it from a young age. It's like ingrained in us that we do not want to fail. We want to succeed. The most frustration I have a lot in my life is the times where I do fail because I still get stuck in this idea where I don't look at it as growth because in the moment it's really tough and it's really challenging. But if you lean into it, Later down the road, you'll be like, yes, that, that was the moment. That was the moment where I learned the most, that point where I had the chance, I failed. And guess what? I learned, like Meg said, the million ways not to do something. And all I had to do is find the one way to do it. Exactly. And as a recovering perfectionist, I say recovering because I don't know if I'll ever really be (laughs) recovered, but it took a long time to really truly buy into this because I just don't want to be wrong. I don't want to be wrong. I don't want to do something wrong. I don't want to have to be told how to do something wrong. I expect that I should be able to do it the first try every try, which I know as I'm saying the words, how ridiculous that is and that that's impossible and that's an impossible standard, but it's just how my brain works. And so to retrain myself has been a process, but one that it's been totally worthwhile because as I let that, as I let myself off the hook a little bit, I'm realizing how much I'm growing when I'm taking those risks instead of just never bothering to take the risk because I could mess up. Yeah. And if you look at anything in life, anything that you haven't done for whatever reason, no matter what the rationalization was, no matter what the reason was, it all stems back to fear. It was fear of the unknown, fear of just doing it and failing. It all leads back to fear. And some people even are fearful of being successful and getting to the place where they want to be because what will that mean for their family or friends or life that they're so used to? And we hold so tightly to our habits and hold so tightly to the things that like we know, even if they're not even serving us, even if they're just completely useless to us, we will hold on to them because they're just so ingrained in us and we're such creatures of habit that like we won't give ourselves a chance to see the light. That's such a good point. I didn't even really think about the fact that you could also be afraid of the success, but yeah, for sure. Which leads us to commandment number five, thou shall plan thy week. (laughs) Have you even read a book yet that doesn't talk about the importance of planning and strategizing your, your time and organizing? I really haven't. I really haven't because, and if you think about it, it makes sense because we, at least in our case, if we don't plan something, it simply doesn't happen. 
Like I'm going to be honest with all you listeners out there. In the last couple weeks, we haven't been really great at planning and we haven't heeded our own advice. But you know what else we haven't done? We haven't been very productive. Like there's been days where we just flat out don't do anything because when I go up and I look at the calendar and there's nothing written there, I'm like, well, I'll read. Then I read for about 15 minutes and I'm like, well, okay, I think think I'll pat myself on the back and move on. So it makes sense because if you want to do something, if you want to be successful, if you want to try something new, you're going to have to take it step by step. And a lot of times you got to chunk that together in order to make it happen. Because if you just get stuck in the place I always do, where you go from A and you try to get to C and you forget about that special part in the middle of the B, the actual doing, the actual action, then what happens is a lot of inaction and a lot of nothing happening at all. Right. How can you expect to meet a goal if you won't take the steps in between to get to it? So that's where the planning comes in for us and apparently every other person in this space too, because planning your week and planning your month and setting intentional goals and what you're going to be working on is super, super important. The sixth commandment. Thou shalt choose community wisely. Oh, yes. We have all heard this, haven't we? If you've been in this personal growth space for any amount of time, And as our dear friends, the Hollises always say, you are basically the mixture or combination of the five people that you surround yourself with the most. So choose those people wisely. If you're surrounding yourself by a bunch of negative people all the time or a bunch of people who are just doing the bare minimum and working for the weekend, guess where your mindset's going to go? You're going to follow right along with them. You want to be around people that are going to encourage you. You want to be around people that are going to lift you up, not bring you down. And if everyone's just doing the bare minimum and living a mundane lifestyle, guess what's most likely to be your outcome? Yeah, so we don't even really know the houses personally, obviously, but I just felt the need to put that in there. But they also say that, you know, it's not good to be the smartest person in the room. And that is really true, too. And that's another thing that the books will tell you is that part of that community thing is that you don't want to be the smartest person in the room because then you have nothing to nothing to get from anyone. You want to be in a place where you can learn and grow. So find somebody that can do something better than you can and learn from them and use that to get you to the next step. Right. And coupled right with this, you'll see a lot of the people in the personal growth space doing masterminds. And that's really putting all of your heads together in one room and talking through things. Because the idea is, even if I'm a genius at one topic, the chances are I'm not at a lot of other topics. And so there's going to be people who can give me a lot of solid advice and a lot of things. But the whole idea with this is not only surrounding yourself with the right people just from a strategy and mindset thing, but just surrounding yourself with the right people who are going to lift you up and encourage you. Absolutely. I mean, that can be the people that you know in real life and should be, but it also can just be the people that you're interacting with on social media. Are the people that are your followers and are the people that you're following, do those people lift you up? Do those people make you feel good? Or are you following people that just make you feel like crap all the time? If you're following those people, don't. Stop. Turn away from it right now because that's not serving you in any way. It's actually preventing you from being who you should be. Woo, bring the fire. My goodness, I love it. All right, let's move on to number seven. Thou shall do it anyway. And man, I love this one. It is one of my favorites, but it's always the question we get no matter what, no matter how much one would talk about it. It's how do you stay motivated? How do you stay motivated when you don't want to do it? 
And it's like this myth out in the air that like all these people in personal growth or all these people in fitness or all these people in business, they're just like the most motivated people ever. And they always just get up whistling, ready to take on the day, (laughs) pat each other on the back and move on. And it's just not true. It is not true. And that's why they all talk about it. Yeah, I mean, the fact of the matter is that a lot of the times we don't truly feel motivated to do whatever the task is at hand. I don't feel motivated to wake up at 4.30 every day. A lot of times I want to just hit the alarm, hit the snooze for as long as I possibly can, but I don't because I know that on the other side of that, I'm going to feel really bad about myself because I won't have had the time that I needed to take to get the things done that I needed. And that can be true for any reason, for anything. If you just do it anyway. You will feel good at the end of that. If you opt to not do that, you're going to feel like you really missed an opportunity. If you didn't go for a workout that you should have, if you didn't take the phone call that you should have, whatever that case is, you're going to feel like you missed out when really you needed to just take it and do it anyway. Yeah. And that's the number one thing you'll hear from everyone out there. Like, yeah, there's plenty of days, like Meg said, that you are not going to be motivated, but you just got to find a way to lean into it and just find a way to motivate yourself enough to do it because motivation itself is overrated. And that's something else you'll hear a lot of the time is that motivation is overrated. A lot of times it's just in your mind. You're convincing yourself that it's not going to work for whatever reason, but you just got to do it. The Eighth Commandment, thou shall not talk negatively to thyself. Yeah, and this is a tough one. Like Meg said, even if you're, especially if you're a perfectionist like her, but even even someone like me who doesn't identify as being like a perfectionist, you are your own worst enemy. Like I am my own worst enemy. I promise you no one can down talk me as much as I do in my head. And we do it without even thinking. So ultimately something will come up, a challenge will come up, even something that I just have that isn't even a challenge that I have to do. And the negative voices start and the negative things start churning and you just go to a negative space. And if I was constantly, no matter what Meg said to encourage me, no matter what the outside world said to encourage me, if I'm constantly bringing myself down and knocking myself off the pedestal and saying like, you can't do this for whatever reason, how am I ever going to achieve something more? And I don't even know when we start to do this because as kids, I feel like our parents are really good at encouraging us and telling us that we can do anything, that we can do this, we can do the next thing and we can keep doing it. But then somewhere along the way, we just lose it. And all of a sudden, the narrative we start telling ourselves is that we're just awful and incapable and we don't know how to do it. So we'll never be able to do it. And the whole thing with all these self-help people and self-help books is just that you have to replace those thoughts and those kind of I can'ts, I can'ts, I can'ts with something better, something positive, something that says you can. Yeah. And just to circle back, I think the the issue with that is your parents do. They tell you, if you have great parents like we did, they tell you all the time that you can do whatever you want to do. But then you get out into the world and you stumble. And people laugh at you. You know, you fall when you're a kid and everyone points at you and laughs at you and makes you feel silly. You're trying to read out loud in the class and everyone laughs at you. Like there's there's things that happen throughout your entire life where people are almost waiting for you to fail. Especially the more you're talking about personal growth, the more you're in the space that all these people are that we're in, the more people actually want you to fail. 
And so you got to be cognizant of that. You got to be understanding of that. And you got to make sure that you are your own number one fan because you can talk yourself out of anything, but you can also talk yourself in to doing anything and talk yourself in to being capable of anything. I mean, I have nothing left left to say on that. So I think we got to move on. (laughs) Oh, I'll take it. I'll take it. So let's go on to number nine. Thou shall have a growth mindset. Oh, oh, talk to me about growth mindset. Oh, it couples right with that talking negatively. But I think the idea here that everyone would go to is we're stuck in a box. So we always think in the same box that we're always in. We can't think beyond our current circumstance. We can't think beyond the current place we are because how, how could we possibly do that? But like, we don't think in an infinite space. We think in a finite space. Is that how they say this? That is. Yes. So like basically the whole idea to draw a picture is you put yourself in a box. You're not allowing yourself to look further beyond that box because of whatever rationalization you give. But in order to grow, in order to succeed, you have to develop that growth mindset where you know that you can put yourself out there and maybe you'll fail, but you will grow. And for us, this really manifested itself in just the creation of this podcast and the creation of my blog and all of these things that were just outside of our comfort and outside of our norm. For years, we just didn't do anything because, you know, we didn't believe we didn't believe that we could. We didn't know that we could. We just figured you just worked a job and that was kind of the thing you did. And it didn't really ever occur to us to look beyond the box and see what was on the other side of that box. We just kind of sat in it and hung out and got a little bit discouraged by just life And thankfully, one day our eyes were opened and we realized that we don't have to live in this fixed little box forever. We can grow out of that box. We can make the box bigger or smash it all together. Yeah. And this is, and this is where everyone goes. I have to laugh as Meg's saying that because if you follow Gary V, who's also in the space, he'll always talk about how the school system and as kids, we're taught to live in a fixed mindset. We're taught to walk the line to do, be a good boy or girl, to do what the teacher says. If you try to do something differently than what the teacher says, you're told that it's wrong or you're told that you shouldn't do it, even if you get the correct answer, by the way, and you're molded into doing this. You're molded into this fixed mindset. Even if I remember going back in college, the teachers wanted you to do it a certain way. It wasn't ever like encouraged to go outside of the box or think outside of the box. So you wonder as adults why we're all stuck in this fixed mindset. It's because we've been corralled into this mindset over years of conditioning and to break yourself out of it even, you still will find people as soon as you try, as soon as you try to think outside of the box, as soon as you try to do something differently, who will say, that'll never work. You can't do that. You're not good enough. Why do you think you can do that and no one else can? Right. What's the point of what you're doing? I don't get it. Even little things like that are sometimes trying to keep you back in that box because that's where people understand what you are and who you are is in that box that you've been in. Right. And that couples right with an episode we did recently with Jeff Goins where he was talking about that. Like, If people don't understand what you're doing, it's like your job to just keep doing it, believe in yourself and show them what it is because they only understand you as the person that you've been to them. So they don't understand if you try to do something differently. And so that's the idea. You got to have this growth mindset, but know that there's going to be some resistance when you get out there. Amen, brother. And the 10th commandment, thou shall not use excuses. Yeah. And this, I mean, this really kind of 
grabs it all together and brings it all together. But the idea here is we rationalize basically everything. As soon as you have a challenge, as soon as something comes up in life, you find all the reasons for why you can't do it. Whether it's time, whether it's having kids, whether it's not having the energy, whether it's not having the money, whether it's not having the resources, whether it's not knowing where to find the answer. The fact is, those are all just excuses and they're not very good ones. And I'm not saying this from a judgmental place. I'm saying this from a place of living it out. Absolutely. They are not good excuses. They are lies that you are telling yourself. And this is where everyone goes because it's just not true. In today's society, with the Googles of the world, you can literally find anything at the click of your fingertips. Don't ever allow yourself to buy into these lies. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest ones, Brandon, you touched on it, but is just the time thing is like, that's what I hear over and over and over and over. And I know that that's like where you go because that's where we always went. Well, I can't do that because I just don't have the time. And it sounds really good because you are, you are overworked. You are just crazy busy. We all are. We're all doing like as much as we possibly can with this little bit of time we have every week. And it does seem like a super great excuse, but that's where the things like not sleeping in come into play or using your lunch break or finding these little pockets of times, reworking your day, finding ways. And yes, I get it. There are single mothers out there who would say they don't have the time. And I totally empathize and understand that. And I get that there are people who just are physicians and they don't have the time because they're working in the ER all the time. Get it again. But there are times, there are ways. It's just a restructuring of of how you're doing things currently. Yeah, and a favorite of all the personal growth people out there would be if you don't have the time or whatever the excuse is, oh, really? How's the latest Netflix series? How's the latest you know show that you watch or the things that you're doing that are not really serving like what you're trying to do? Like, yeah, there are things you're doing in life. But I think a lot of times we're just so guilty of just like becoming busy because we think that's like what you're supposed to do. And we wear them as a badge of honor. We're like, well, we're busy doing this, that, and the other. And we're taking the kids here, there, and everywhere. And society tells us that, well, oh, okay, or if we're not going to worry about sleep because sleep is for the weak and we're not going to do this or that because, you know, the, the world basically is showing us that like the busier you are, the better you are for it. And the fact is we're doing a lot of busy work. Like if you remember back in school when you did busy work, that's what we're doing as adults. We're just filling in the gaps with all this stuff that's not serving us. That's not serving what we're trying to do. It's not helping our goals at all. And then we use it later as a rationalization for why we're not doing anything and why we don't have the time to do anything or why we don't have the energy to do anything because that's another huge one I hear. I don't have the energy. I don't have the motivation. Well, that's where it comes. Working out would come because you're showing yourself to do it and you're giving yourself more energy. That's where drinking this water would come in. That's where waking up with gratitude would come in because you're starting your day hitting the snooze 15,000 times. Like all of these things work together as a core and they really just get rid of all these excuses because if you start to just actually ask yourself the question, next time an excuse comes up, ask yourself a list of questions, ask how relevant they really are and challenge yourself and you will find that they're a bunch of BS. <laughs> they sure are. And with that, I think we've completed our 10 commandments. Yeah. I mean, the fact is with all this, guys, we tried to save you a little bit of time today. I think we're running around 30 minutes now. These are the only 30 minutes you need. 
I understand that personal growth is a big space and me and Meg are involved in it and we actually take in a lot of materials from this space and we appreciate it. We respect everyone who's out there trying to help people better themselves. We are right there with them, shoulder to shoulder, trying to do the same thing. But the fact is, we can hear it as much as we want. We can hear it every day. We can read it every day. We can read the gratitude things. We can read the little quotes on Instagram. We can read these books. We can take in shows. We can take in podcasts like this. But until we're willing to go out there and take some action, some actual action with some tangible steps, all it's going to be is fluff. We're just going to be filling our heads with it. We're not going to be doing anything. And we're just going to keep going constantly to the next thing. I promise you, if you go out there, you take some action, you take today, you start today, no longer, you will see a difference. We just know it. Hey, B, what did you think of that episode? I think it was pretty dang good. Well, what should someone do if they enjoyed these last 30 minutes? They should probably head over and leave us a review so we can reach more people. They definitely should. Guys, if you like the Fools in Love podcast, please go follow us over on Instagram at Fools in Love Podcast. We'd love to connect with you and learn more about what you'd like to hear.